You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Interstellar, and uh, I can't remember. You were saying before we started recording that like Childish Gambino was in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was the Donald Glover was in Interstellar. Yeah, like a, he didn't show up till like over an hour into the film. I don't even remember. This. He what was interesting is like he not topped build, but like you know how you can tell uh, like it, it, when they do the credits at the beginning. If, like, the names by itself, you're like, okay, they're a big part in the movie and all that. Uh-huh. He got one of those credits where it's, like, it's just his name. But then, like, doesn't show up till over an hour into the film. What? And then is maybe in a total of, like, less than 30 minutes of the film. Because he's the guy that has the idea for, oh, no, okay. No, no, that is Interstellar. Yeah. Where they're, because I watched Interstellar. <laughs> Are you thinking about The Martian? That. Maybe that's it because I'm like he was Donald Glover. I don't remember him in Interstellar because I watched them. I watched Interstellar and The Martian back to back. Yeah, and they both had Matt Damon on a, on a yeah on a foreign on planet. a foreign planet lost on his own. I like to think Maybe of The Martian is. as like a prequel to Interstellar and like in a fringe universe. I liked I liked The Martian more than I liked Interstellar. That's a lot of people have said that The Martian's good. I haven't seen it. I, no, I really liked The Martian. Uh, Interstellar. I was like. Okay, like I like Christopher Nolan, and like when Christopher Nolan's on game, yeah, like he is on, and it's amazing. But when he's off, he's it's off. the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and like <laughs> I feel like he was like okay, because Interstellar was his next release after Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and I feel like he was trying to like get himself back get in back. that groove. So it was like this is better than a Dark Knight Rises, but it's still not your yeah. top quality. Film. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. I thought that the script or at least the plot of the movie was fantastic. Yeah. The execution specifically, guys, I mean, I'm not even worried about spoiler territory now with Interstellar because no, it's been it's, like it's, over a year. If, if, if you have Hulu, it's on uh, Hulu Plus. If you there have you a go. Hulu Plus, that's how I watched it. I felt like once he starts going into like binary world where he's like living in the space behind the books and stuff, I'm like, okay, this is now starting to get a little too where, where I had, abstract. Where I had the issue was when they were like, when like he's like, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna stay up in orbit, and we're gonna go, Anne Hathaway and I are gonna go down to this planet, and every hour we're on the planet is seven years in your time, <laughs> right? And I was like, what? It's what? relativity, yeah, spatial relativity. I, I mean, yeah, like I get, I get, like that that Interstellar could have been called relativity. It should have been called yeah. relativity because that's what the whole plot is. Yeah. is Einstein's theory of re- relativity, and it. Man, look at us getting all like we're waxing <laughs> pseudo intellectual. Somewhat. On this, <laughs> not quite the edit. Well, this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, I know. I'm, I'm like, Jim. I'm just so used to being like, and just adjusting levels, not paying attention <laughs> when Joe talks because I'm not involved that yeah. majority of the time. That's right. Jim isn't joining us today. Uh, it's just Jeff and I. We're going to be doing a little bit of a, a year in review. Uh, I know we did that already with the Eddie Awards, but, but that's specific to like what we have talked the, about. The, yeah, the the editing bay show. I feel like as a responsible podcast about movies, we should also take some time and talk about the movies. Like we we used to do Afternoon Delight. Uh, and every once in a while, we may be able to pop in and do an episode and talk <laughs> about a recent movie that we've seen. Uh, but obviously, 
you know, new job. Yeah. Got a got a kiddo now and it looking kind of, for a job. It, it limits. <laughs> Dude, did you uh you submitted, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. 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 <laughs> that's, that's off air talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what we want to do is kind of run down. We've got we I originally I contacted Jeff. I'm like, we should do a Golden Globes episode. And he's like, that's a great idea. And he looked it up and he talked he texted me back. He's like, Golden Globes are tomorrow. <laughs> and so that would have been like this podcast would have come out two days afterwards. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, instead of doing our Golden Globe predictions, which I was telling Sarah, I'm like, we should totally still do a Golden Globe. Prediction <laughs> you know, I show. was thinking that too after I sent the text. I was like, well, like, because <laughs> we would know it was a joke and like be on the inside. But if someone's on the outside, how would they take that? <laughs> They're like these idiots, man. Don't they know that happened yesterday? Uh, yeah. So no. Instead, what we wanted to do is kind of uh, run down, you know, wh- our, what we felt was the best of the year. And what was the worst, you know, what we got to see. Uh, and obviously it's not a, uh, this is what should win the, you know, the Golden right. Globes. It's just, you know, what what impacted us the most. Right. Um, do you want to do a little bit of like each and work our way up on both lists at the same time? Or do you want to just go through like one list, work that off and then go with the other? Uh, I say we work one list and at a time. Like, so the worst then the best okay. or best and then the worst that sounds no that sounds fine all right um all right do you want to start we're the worst of 2015 <laughs> all right should we do honor honorable mentions first or yeah or? i have i think i have one honorable mention for worst of the year yeah i, I definitely do too okay uh go ahead my honorable mention is the one you reminded me of uh an introduction to Seymour, oh, the, the Ethan Hawke documentary <laughs> about a piano player, but it was also more about Ethan Hawke and how this piano player like helped him overcome some like issues, like personal- performance anxiety, or yeah, like because because <laughs> just what was so weird is he was like, yeah, I have a lot of like it seemed like he had performance anxiety, like when up on stage, but it's like. But you do movies. <laughs> like, You're primarily a film actor. Yeah. Though. I mean, like, it's not like if you forget your line, like, <laughs> there's, like, hundreds of people that are like, oh, man, what do you think is going through his head? It's like, it's like all movies are shut. It's real time. Yes. It's, yes. You're watching it happen in yeah. real time. Well, that movie uh, Victoria was. Uh-huh. Like, they they made that movie in one take, and it, they shot it a total of three times. Yeah. And, like, it's... But what I'm saying is, like, you go and sit in a theater, and that's yeah. happening live yeah. right now. And they just yeah. re-perform it every three hours <laughs> yes. for the whole world. I got to give my hands off. I uh, tip my hat to uh, Disney. So finally saw Star Wars, and they did a great live rendition. Did, did you Did you like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? All right. Well, we'll talk more about that here yeah. in just a little bit. My honorable mention on my worst of 2015 list... Um, is Avengers Age of Ultron. <gasps> oh, wow. We're going to have... Oh, later it, in the show, it's going to yeah, be interesting. Yeah, it, it, it will be interesting. I will say the reason why it's an honorable mention for worst film of 2015 is because I felt it was a disappointment. Uh, you know, especially following phase one. I mean, if you look at phase one of the MCU just as a whole, it's a really good... Even though I'm not a huge Thor fan, yeah. and I kind of felt, I felt like the Thor movie was the weakest of all that, I even... I preferred the Hulk movie, Incredible Hulk, over the Thor movie. Um, they all still at least fed cohesively into one bigger story that culminated in the Avengers. Was Iron Man 3 Phase 1 or Phase 2? Phase two. 2. Okay. Yeah, that's Phase okay. 2. Uh, and even Iron Man 2 wasn't that good, uh, but yeah. I still felt like it was more entertaining because we knew that character. Really? Iron Man 2 was so bad, 
I didn't even I haven't even seen Iron Man 3. Oh really? And I don't plan on watching Iron I have a list of how to watch the uh MCU so far in chronological uh-huh. order. Yeah. You know, with the movies and the TV shows. Uh-huh. And so I was like, you know what? Once I start that, then I will finally watch Iron Man 3. Yeah. And so I'm just waiting to start that because they haven't released Agent Carter on like Hulu or Netflix yet. Uh-huh. So once Agent Carter gets streaming somewhere, then I'm going to start that. And that will probably be the one and only time I watch Iron Man 3. Right. now, Well, Iron Man 3 is better than Iron Man 2. That's what I've I'm heard. Gonna, I'm going to give it that. Uh, but I will, I'm still going to say that Iron Man 2... As bad as it is, is still for me a little bit better than Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our editing bay winner uh, of best best guest host uh, Harper is is in the studio here, uh, and uh, Sarah's taking care of her. It, and it's 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 all good. I like hearing her in the background. Um, but uh, and I see you know Sarah's trying to be polite, like okay, don't make that. She's fine, baby. She is totally cool. Um, all right, so yeah, uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, runner-up or yeah. honorable mention okay. for worst of 2015. So now let's get into the meat of this list okay. for our worst of 2015. And I'm going to save my absolute worst for last. And that's what I'm doing as okay. well. I've, okay. I've got all of these are kind of in no particular order uh, on both my worst and best list except for the number one spot. Right. My my worst list, number one, my worst of the worst is... Oh, wait, there. wait. You're going to start with your number no, no, one? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I'm saying it's there for a reason, but then, like, yeah, my list is in no order either. Although my best of list is in, like, a my, like, ranking order. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. Like, I think once I got past the number one spot, I'm like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I go back and forth on what I feel. So let's start with the worst of... Tw- the worst of 2015. Uh, I have uh, taken three. Yeah. Because while it was a bad movie, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it's definitely the worst of the Taken franchise. Uh, but like it, a, a, a franchise that started super strong. That so was the strong. first Taken was a sleeper hit. Like people were not expecting what they got. It reinvigorated the career oh, that Liam Neeson had. Oh my god! I watched when that came out on DVD. Like I think there was like a one or two month period where I watched that movie once a week. Yeah. Because it was so good. It's a badass flick. And then I heard so many bad things about Taken 2 that I was like, oh, this is the same story. Like, just stop going to a foreign land. Yeah. And then, like, then for Afternoon Delight, we went and saw Taken 3. <laughs> and uh, side note, guys, if you are going to watch Taken 3, Taken 2 is not a required no, watch. it sure isn't. Absolutely not. The only required watch is Taken. Yeah. Is is if you watch Taken, you can understand Taken 2. If you watch Taken, you can understand Taken 3. What was that Liam Neeson movie on a plane? Uh, oh. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. Uh, he, but nonstop, nonstop. Nonstop is a better Taken movie yes. than Taken 3. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Taken 3 is also on my list of the okay. worst of 2015. Okay. Uh, also, for, for the reasons that you've stated and because, you know... We've seen we've seen franchises who that have had more films mm-hmm. uh, in their run that have choked the franchise to death. But at least those franchises seem to have a little bit of something going for them in each film. They may, may they may have decreased in quality a mm-hmm. little bit as you kept going, but at least it was a gradual decline. Right. Whereas Taken was a straight drop. Yeah. Like after Taken Two, it was very hard for me to believe that someone would have green light. Taken three, and this film is horrible. And you said not too long ago that now there's a Taken TV series in the works. Yeah, yeah, is uh, I forget. I want to say it's, I think it's NBC. I'm Mm -hmm. not a hundred percent sure. 
I I think the network that is associated with the movie, like I think, because was it a Universal fi- flick? I think it was. Yeah. Then I think it's NBC because that's how I tied it together. Was the people who did the movie, the studio that did the movie, their TV networks doing the show? Yeah. And the only thing, the only thing I can think of in the way of green lighting. Taken two and taken three, especially taken three after taken two, uh-huh. was that after the sleeper success of taken the first one, uh, that like at that time studios were just like everything's a trilogy, yeah. everything's a trilogy. Oh yeah. So they were like, this first one was a hit. Let's just let's just, let's go ahead and set aside money for two more films. Mm-hmm. And I that's the only plausible way I see taken three getting made after taken two. Uh, now the Taken TV series, if I'm re- if I remember correctly, that's gonna focus on Liam Neeson's character before he was married. Uh-huh. I think that's the deal. So like essentially, I'm pretty sure the only reason why it's being called Taken is because it's like it's the same character, just <laughs> just like in a younger at a younger age. I think that's it because I know Liam Neeson is not starring in the TV series. Uh huh. And I don't understand why, with that character, you would continue to show his aging progression. That's just such a cheap kind of commercial buy-in, though. Like, that's horrible. That's shameless. To, like, yeah. let's just call it Taken, and uh, we'll just make it be this character. We'll make it be yeah. this guy. Um, all right. So, also on my worst list is your honorable mention, Seymour, an introduction. Uh, this was a, a, a documentary that had promise. Mm-hmm. Like, there were moments, and I think we talked about it if you go back and listen to that podcast, where we're like, okay, like, they would kind of start touching on, like, really interesting things, yes. stories about Seymour. Yes. And then, like, they wouldn't explore those stories at all. They would just gloss over it and then go into, like, some bullshit with Ethan Right. Hawk. Like, there was, like, one point in the movie where, like, or in the documentary where I was really hooked where... Uh, Seymour is in like this basement of like a, a store and it's just nothing but pianos and all he's doing is going through and like playing like one or two notes on each piano then he's like nope that's not it nope that's not it and like they kind of start to dive into like you know of like he's like you know, you know I can just tell like I hear one pitch and I know how all the other pitches are going to be I can feel the resistance and that and they touched on that a little bit Yeah. but then it was like and but then like you said then they were just like well on to the next thing. And it's like, well, wait, what? Like, right. Like, go into it. And then also, it's like, they interview some of some of the people who have learned how to play. And, like, they are now, like, I'm sure I'm going to butcher how you say it, but they're now concert p- penist, <laughs> or however that is. <laughs> like... You know, pianist? No, no, it's it's. I know it sounds very much like pianist, like, <laughs> but like you want to like, just say pianist, it's pianist, sure. Uh, like and like they would like interview him for like two or three seconds, and then it's be like, oh yeah, this is where I'm at in my career, and I learned from Seymour, and that was kind of it, you know. It was like, you know, like I I felt like it was like we're gonna open up all these doors, yeah, to this guy's life uh-huh. through stories of his personal life, through through stories of how he's affected that, his students. Exactly. They opened up all these doors and then didn't walk through didn't a walk single through a single one. one. You just sat there and you had all these glimpses of things that yeah. made this guy, okay, this seems really interesting. We're talking about these building blocks, like an affair that he had with this, like there's this woman who like put him up for, you know, yeah. whatever. She was like financing him and his career. And we never explored that any further. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst thing that you could do. Uh, when it comes to a documentary is rob your subject matter of what makes them 
what they are. Yeah. Uh, and and just like you focus just on the surface. Yeah. Nobody wants to see nope. that. Nope. No one does. Uh, so yeah, that is why Seymour an introduction definitely made. It wasn't even an honorable mention. It absolutely made my worst list of uh, 2015. Yeah. Um, what was your honorable mention? It was Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I would say my next film on my worst list is gonna have to be Strange. This was the <gasps> Strange Magic. Strange the, Magic. The George Lucas animated. Yes. Film? <laughs> and. The reason why is one, it it was a re, if I remember correctly, it was a really poor rehatching of a William Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, play um, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, yeah. So it was a so first of all, like his interpretation of of of, of changing, uh, you know, of telling that story, but then you know changing it up to make it a kids' movie, that was done really bad. But what I can't get by <laughs> is like for a CGI movie and for a dude like George Lucas who all he talks about is how great computers are and how they're changing you know the, the way cinema is and all that other stuff dude like Inside Out looked better than that any Pixar movie oh, looked it, better oh yeah I mean and the thing is is like is like you know like dude George you sit there and all you talk about is digital film and how great like like if you've uh i don't know if you i don't know if it's still in theaters or not uh but it used to be on netflix or sorry amazon to rent um side by side mm -hmm. it's actually a really good documentary done by keanu reeves talking about the transition in film from actual film to digital i haven't film. seen this you were talking to joel about this so, yeah yeah a nut like joe would love or joel would love <laughs> this um or jim but like so in that movie, George Lucas is in there a lot, and all he does is like just like fillet digital media, and it's just like, okay, dude, if you're gonna talk that much and talk about how great it is and all that, you have to, you, you would imagine you'd be good at it. Yeah. And Lucas Studios fell mm -hmm. really hard with Strange Magic. Now maybe because we've come to find out that like when that movie was being made, that's when they he was talking to Disney. Yeah, and it was just like so maybe he wasn't all invested in it. But then again, you look at episodes one through three and see the product when he is all invested. The guy, in the it. guy hasn't been he hasn't had his name attached to a good movie since 1983. Yeah, you know, like that's that's well, unless you think about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, that was a good one. But but that was he was just a creator of the character. That, that was, was Spielberg, Spielberg directing it. And it was a different writer. It wasn't like Lucas wrote that script. Yeah, someone got into an argument with me because I was like, George Lucas is a really bad director. And they're like, well, what about, like, you know, uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi? I was he like, didn't direct that. I, 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 I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, he did episodes one through three, and then I believe the first Star Wars. He did Wars. the first Star Wars. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was like, I was like, no, no, no. The, 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 the other two, don't you dare now, a lot of It was his professor, right? It, it, yeah, well, his professor, uh, Irvin Kirshner, who did Empire Strikes Back. Now, Richard Marquand did uh, Return of the Jedi, and some people say that, like, I don't care. I like he was, Return of the Jedi. He was, uh, they're like, he was kind of a puppet for Lucas. Like, he was just kind of... And so he did a lot of things that Lucas wanted him to do. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. And I, I think that maybe you're correct with some things. So, but there was something production-wise going on in that movie that you could tell that Lucas couldn't get his hands on. Yeah. Uh, that Kasdan was like, no, yeah. <laughs> you don't get to do yeah. this. Uh, and that's why Return of the Jedi is uh, you know, far superior 
to uh, to like you know what maybe Lucas would have been able to do with it on his own. Yeah, uh, and we can get into that for hours. In fact, yeah. you know we'll be talking a little <laughs> Star Wars coming up in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely forgot about Strange Magic. That's <laughs> that's how bad that movie was. I yes. guess that I didn't even think about it for yes. my list. All all. all transparency here people is before we got on uh, is like when we used to do afternoon delight i keep all the ticket stubs because i like to keep which was great because i was like whoa we saw that and like and so i was like all right well let's see you know what what was what and then like i'm kind of upset that the majority of my list are afternoon delight episodes that we went and saw like if you go back and listen we did see some good ones we saw some great movies we you know guardians Guardians of the the galaxy Galaxy. we talked about like two episodes in a row equalizer the equalizer was really good did we see that was that this year or last year i think that was last year i don't know man but it was if it was this year i need to put that on my list because that was a good good flick you know john wick I didn't no, put on my no, list. No, 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 because John Wick. We saw that in theaters in 2014. Was that 2014? I can. I know that man be- because that I, was a, that I was saw a... that. Uh, I saw that ticket stub and I was like, yes. And then, oh, you were right. We saw Equalizer before we saw John Wick. And Equal- we're both in 2015. No, no, no. Equalizer was September t- uh, of 2014. Okay. And John Wick was late. Uh, was late 2014. Man, those movies were yeah, so Yeah, John good. Wick we saw in November 2014. Okay, all right. So, so we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um. All right. So since I don't have Strange Magic, I'm going to do something that I'm pretty sure uh, you didn't put on your list. Oh, okay. Jurassic World. Wow, man. Man, we're going to have uh, Jurassic World. We're going to ha- it's going to be interesting when I get to my I felt- uh, to my best of list. Cuz here's the thing. You can have fun performances all you want and have dinosaurs and stuff. You need to have a cohesive story. You've had 20 years <laughs> to put together a movie, like, to follow up and make... Okay, you had 20 years to do what J.J. Abrams did with Star Wars. And I know we're talking two different franchises that sit on two different levels when it comes to Americana. Mm-hmm. But you've had this much time to make up for what we saw in Jurassic 2 and Jurassic 3. And we get Jurassic World... And I'm sorry, you know, expectations are going to be high for what you put together. Your visual effects were fantastic. The uh, the acting, for the most part, you know, you had Chris Pratt, and you didn't really let him do what people love what Chris Pratt does. He had a l- he was able to do a little just bit, just a little bit. But, but like, you're right, he was def- he was you could definitely he tell was a little uh, muffled. He was a little castrated. Yeah, and the story was abysmal. The script and plot, the story of this movie was so bad and it was insulting for audiences that have waited this long for a new Jurassic Park movie. It was insulting and for new audiences coming to it, there was nothing about Jurassic World that I imagine would make people go, oh, I can't wait to go back and watch the other one. So now let me ask you this after you say all that. How do you feel now that um, that uh, the director... Uh, Colin, uh, uh, scroll up, Jeff. Colin, Colin, Colin Farrell. No, Colin Trev, Trevor. Colin Quinn. Whatever. The director of Jurassic World is directing the final Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. No, I know. So, like, well, the thing nervous. is, though, I think that the direction of the movie was fine. It's the story. It yeah. was the plot. Like I said, you know, it's the characters. I can't control, you know, how the character is written on the page. I would say the director should have used Chris Pratt. And, and work to his strengths. Right. Uh, and the same thing with Bryce Dallas Howard, who's a good actress, but she was very forgettable in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, a, a director should have pulled those things out. But then again, something like Jurassic Park is going to have a lot of hands, a lot of studio fingers all over everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe his hands were tied a little bit. But for the most part, the direction was okay. It's the writing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
That's, that's, that's Jurassic World. The worst of 2015. Yeah. That's, that, that's interesting. Uh, so my next one is uh, is going to be, uh, what do I want to say? I'm going to have to say, I think I think uh, you and I both probably have this one, Lazarus Effect. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is, yeah. And, and I know this was one that was like I was really excited to see because it had, you know, Donald Glover in it. And then uh-huh. it also had one of the – I th- the guy who plays uh, Peter in the league, uh, I can't remember his name now off the top of my, top it, of my it's, head. It's not the Duplass. Is it the Duplass? Yeah, Duplantis. Mark Duplantis. Mark Duplass. Duplass. I always right. want to say Duplantis. Yeah, yeah. Is so like good cast. Like okay, your 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 story is borrowing from from Frankenstein because yeah. you're bringing someone back from the dead, but then you executed it like all with the except. Was that twenty fifteen? They tried to try. Was it a twenty fifteen? No, 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 no. I'm trying to think because I was going to compare it to it follows. No, no, that's twenty fifteen. Okay, that movie's yeah. a twenty fifteen. Yeah, movie. because I was going to say is is with the exception of it follows Lazarus effect. It fell into the same routine that we see a lot with these like PG thirteen horror movies, uh-huh. and it was just like jump scares, yeah. like like like. I don't like jump scares. I don't mind the jump scares. I just don't like inconsistency in the writing. And and I think that's going to be a lot what you're going to see on my list of both best and worst is that the writing is really going to come into play on a lot of these things where it's like, come on, dude. And, you know, I'm going to just kind of pick up from there because, yeah, Lazarus Effect is totally on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, Mark Duplass did a movie called uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, <laughs> which is fucking amazing to tie it all together. Which was directed by the director of Jurassic World. <laughs> Again, an amazing film. And it just makes me excited. You know, something like that makes me go, you know what? He'll probably do fine with Star Wars. But uh, no, th- this film was produced by Mark Duplass. And I was really expecting something a little bit more, uh, a, a little more heady. I was expecting something that's going to kind of turn things around and give us uh, a little bit more of a fulfilling movie experience. Right. And it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was very on the surface. And uh, it, like you said, it stole from Frankenstein. And it really left nothing to the imagination. Like it, it throws a twist in the end of the movie. For mm-hmm. the sake of like, like it's is it's the the 2015 equivalent of Jason Voorhees jumping up out of Crystal exactly. Lake and pulling exactly. the, pulling the girl down into the water. You know, like you've already gone through this entire thing. You saw the battle. You saw the demon get slain, and then he just kind of comes back anyway. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens here in the Lazarus Effect. And it, it, you walk out of it going, really, really, I just dedicated two hours of my time yeah. to that. Uh, so yeah, a big disappointment. The Lazarus yeah. Effect, the worst of 2015. <sighs> Uh, right. The next movie I've got on my list, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this was a 2015 movie or not, but I think it deserves to be mentioned. We'll go with No Good Deed. No, that was definitely 2014. Was it 2014? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. No, it's okay. Is, I'm going to uh, go ahead and take that off my list. Because I, I think, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's a fun movie, but it was bad. Uh it's cool because if if it's not if it's not a 2015 movie, I've yeah. got another one to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is we saw that in October of 2014. Okay, then <laughs> it's another movie that has to do with uh, with science, just like the Lazarus Effect. Um, it's about these four kids 
who are taken into an institute and have to perform experiments to try to explore another dimension. And then when they go into that dimension, they earn these weird superpowers and dub themselves the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay. I was, I, I, was, like, I was watching your face. You're like, where's he going? I know, because the- like I, I just started running through like all these different movies in my head. I'm like, so far, this could be like, like a shit ton of movies. Yes, Fantastic Four also made my list... All, and somehow they're making another one, mm-hmm. like obviously with a different director. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to be doing it with a completely different cast as well. Uh, that uh, I cannot see these people coming back for this movie. I think I think they signed on for a three picture deal. Wow. I, I I I don't know though. Is all I know is one hundred percent Fox is yeah it was Fox that did it. Yeah, they're doing another Fantastic Four movie in following this same universe that was set forth by the most recent one. Um, I I really honestly though think that they got those actors in for a three deal contract. Yeah, and they're going through with it, but that was an awful awful movie, mm-hmm. and the. Only the only thing that like I liked about Fantastic Four was that I was like, I walked out of there thinking like, okay, this movie is so bad that Marvel's, Marvel's gonna get, get the Fantastic rise. Four back. So you know what? I'm happy it happened. And then when I heard the sequel was coming out, I was like, well, fuck you, yeah. Fox. Like, and, what's wrong with you? And that's the the disappointment when it comes to Fantastic Four because you see that a lot of money went into this movie. And it's disappointing to see how much money got spent on a movie that had no vision. It had no creativity. Like, it was it was a very depressing... I remember talking about this movie on the podcast uh, where, you know, it's it, would be, it was kind of cool. The idea of a dark superhero movie like that. Like right. A superhero movie that was almost kind of bordering on a horror film. Right. I'm kind of cool with that. I'd love to yeah. see that. But, like, it goes horribly wrong 10, 20 minutes into the movie where you're like, what? I mean, like... What's happening? Like, 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 like when you're in an action... Like, in a sequence where, like, it's just, like, the climax of the movie and the best delivery you can get from your lead actor is in, like, a... No, don't go in there. Like, a don't, monotone. Don't, don't go in there, Victor. But, like, just, like, a... But, like, that monotone, but just, like, spoken really loudly. Uh-huh. When that is your best take... Mm-hmm. Someone on set should have been like, guys, we should call some executives. You could, well, you could tell when something like that's happening. You can tell there's a problem going on. There's static between the director and the actor. Oh, no. Because he's not, and, and we know that there yeah. was something going on between they, Miles Teller and what's his name. Yeah, they almost got into a fist fight on set, like, like nose to nose, like, basically, come at me, bro, come at me, bro. Yeah. And what's funny is the director fought for him. He, like, the studio was like, we don't want him. And he was like, no, 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 this is the good guy. It reminds you of the story that Kevin Smith tells about, like, Bruce Willis when he worked on uh, on Cop Out. Have you ever heard that story that, like, Kevin Smith was so jazzed to be able to work yeah, with yeah, Bruce because, Willis? Yeah, yeah, because his, they, did the, hero. they did the Die Hard movie, and they're like, both Jersey boys, we should do yeah, a film together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be so great. And then he finds out how absolutely difficult he is, it was to work with him. Yeah, well, but also from my understanding, like, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. No, no, and you should, because you can only take what Kevin Smith says. But also is from my understanding, like, Bruce Willis's big complaint was he's like, yeah, he was stoned all the time, <laughs> and like be, because like and like because like here's the thing: if you don't know about Kevin Smith, is if you go back and you watch like Clerks, Mallrats, The Jersey Five, all those films, yeah, he talks about doing drugs and all that, yeah. but he didn't. He, he didn't. didn't. He didn't start doing. He didn't start smoking pot until uh, Zach and uh, Zach and Mary, Mary make a porno because of Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. and so like 
it, it was it was almost like when he did cop out he was like a new stoner that was like i can do everything while i'm stoned this is so great and as a stoner is you what? you 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 eventually realize like oh no i cannot do everything high no. but you but you definitely go through a period where you're like oh man i can totally function and do whatever i want stoned and i think that's what happened with cop out is like kevin smith was in that like oh man i'm able to function and do all this stuff while stoned and then like you know, we get cop out. Yeah. So, so getting back to Fantastic Four. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, there's that one scene, and we we pointed it out uh, when we talked about it originally, where like they they dedicate so much time to like we need to break through, like this breakthrough, the scientific breakthrough. We found a way to go to another dimension, and like the, Victor comes in, and he sees Reed like flirting with Sue and stuff, and he's like, "Isn't there something you should be doing?" And he's oh like, "Oh my god, no, we're done." Oh my like, god. Uh, okay. Yeah, like just like and then that goes nowhere. No. Well, I mean, you've just broken through. You finished this thing you've been working on for years and your reaction is, "No, it's done. I'm going to go nap." Yeah. No, time to call people up. Let's go work on this thing. The- if you're not excited in your movie, if you're not <laughs> excited, if you don't make this part fun, this discovery fun, the audience isn't going to want to come you, along that ride with you, you. You see, the only way you can deliver that the, the way that that he delivered that where he's like okay we're done i'm going to go take a nap the only way you can do that is if the character is saying it sarcastically he's uh-huh. like, he's like it's like shouldn't you be doing this and he's like oh yeah no we're done and then reed richards is like oh my god we're done we got it and then he's <laughs> right. like and then he's like yeah i know right and uh-huh. like you know and he like he was just joking nope it was all right, I'm going to go take a nap. You just dedicated how many years of your life? Like, you know, like this is what everyone's been working for and you're just going to take a nap? Like, <laughs> right, like, is that, that's what's going to happen? I mean, like, no, like, <laughs> no, like, uh-huh. absolutely not. You just don't. When I get like a new toy, like, you know, all I can think of is like, as soon as I get it, like, I just want to play with I it. Just I just want to play with it. I can't wait to use it. Yeah, like, yep. and and like you just you just developed a machine that travels. It was different dimensions <laughs> or something, or different. Is, you, you know, it's just like nah. yeah. It's like the first thing I'm doing is like, so when are we sending the first live test subject through? <laughs> I like, know, right? let's do it right now. Can we do it now? Can we do it a few yeah. times? Yeah, exactly. Like you. Did, oh my god. Yeah. No. Uh, but Fantastic Four. There were so many problems both on set and between actors and the director and then so many problems between the studio and the director and like I am so surprised that this guy has been able to find work since Fantastic Four because I, I just don't get how you can go after a movie and blast the shit out of your studio and then, like, another studio is like, yeah, we'll bring him on. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Well, he lost his job doing the other, the Star Wars movie because of yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Which one is like, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, 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 you dodged a bullet on that. Yeah, one. yeah, because because I enjoyed Jurassic World, so I have more faith in the Jurassic World. Who's directing the, uh, the, the uh, epi- uh, episode, uh, I guess it would be eight? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, 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 I did see. I did see an article where J.J. Abrams was like, "Yep, definitely regret not coming back for the Star Wars." Yeah, sequels. Th- it was. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Who was in? Uh, he was the 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 guy and the cop in Heroes. He he was in an interview and he told them uh, he was like, "Yeah, I talked with J.J. and he actually said that he's kind of upset and he regrets not coming back now to do yeah. this other one." Yeah. Well, maybe someone at the studio heard that and was like, "Not too late." 
God, yeah, not too right? late. Like, right? you know, you can change. Like, it doesn't take very long to change a director, especially when he's already directed one of the movies. Right. In, in, and in he's the... and he's kind of got the main producer credit on this movie too. Yeah. So yeah, you can always come back if you want to. Yes, please, yeah. please, yeah. yes. The worst of 2015. <laughs> okay. <sighs> this one. I went through. I love that. Like most of our lists are the same. Like, yeah. it's pretty much. I think. I feel like the best of is going to be the same too. Is uh, this one? I went through a lot of emotions going through it, uh-huh. and a lot of physical feelings. <laughs> uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Tell me about it, Jeff. Um, just watch porn. <laughs> like, that's essentially what you should do because that's essentially what this movie is. Is is, is the housewives that are like. I don't know how to delete internet history, so I can't. Wa- I'm gonna watch Fifty Shades of Grey because uh-huh. it's a, because it was a book and it's a legit movie. This was an awful, awful movie that had. I mean, first of all, first of all, your source material is based off of Twilight fan fiction, uh-huh. uh, which I didn't know until after I saw the movie, um, <laughs> and like then was like I would have put up a way bigger protest of seeing this movie <laughs> if I knew that beforehand. Uh-huh. But like this, the, the the problem is, is 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 is, is here's what's good, mm-hmm. is I, I feel like if you look around the world, America is the most pr- is one of the most prude countries when it comes to sexuality. We don't like yeah. to talk about it. You know, it's, we don't include it in our advertising as much as you see overseas. Uh, we, sh- sh- we, we, but they're we, a little we, more liberal. They're yeah, a little bit more like, liberal. Like, like, I mean, like I definitely think we use sex in advertising, but like. You know, it's a certain type. Like we have this, like okay, it's okay for a woman to be in a, in, in a bikini and like you know, be for to be in suggestive poses and all that. But like, I feel like if, when you actually try to have a dialogue about uh-huh. sexuality, uh-huh. you know, it's been forced, and it's been really good that it's been forced because the LGBT community has been so vocal in 2014 and 2015. So like, it's. Something that now has, you know, that we that we're being forced to talk about, which is great. This movie could have, this movie could have done something. It could have, it could have opened a nice dialogue. Instead, they put a scene in with like, I don't want to be fisted. Like, <laughs> his fist is marching on. You know, uh, is, yeah. There was a lot. There, there was a lot that 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 movie could have done. Like. Is that movie what? What could that movie have done? That movie could what you you, you know how you could have done this movie properly is you make that you switch the roles and make that a, a movie where the woman is in the dominant sexual place versus the man, you okay. know, and like and and, and, and like because like that's something like we haven't like we see so we see movies all the time where when it does come to sex like the the man is dominant like do a movie. But wait, what about like movies like Risky Business? You know, where Re- Rebecca De Mornay is kind of uh, teaching Tom Cruise. Or or there's another but, movie but, but, with but, Tom so, Cruise and Shelley Long but, where but, she's kind of teaching him. But you see, teaching. The, the graduate. But but teaching versus being like, because like teaching is, it still has that, like that nurturing of like, oh, you're so innocent. Like, you know, like we're going to take it slow and we're going to take it romantic. We're as like Fifty Shades of Grey. Like there's nothing romantic about it. Like, you know, like. Well, like, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I get that you're totally going under, like, uh-huh. uh, uh, bowing down to, like, your lustful instincts. Like, you know, like, Risky Business, th- th- like you said, it was more of a teaching. Like, Okay, it, then how about Last Tango in Paris with Marlon Brando? I don't think I am. Well, okay, so it's about a guy who has a uh, an affair with a, uh, a woman in Paris, 
and she kind of teaches him like a whole bunch. Like but she there shows you go him using that. Okay, term now I'm using your your keying in though on a term and but and that's because, missing the point completely but, but, because if you could make the argument in Fifty Shades of Grey that Dorian Gray is teaching uh, what's her name Annabelle or whatever the hell her name is uh, about like Goldie Hawn's daughter these, these different no it's not Goldie Hawn's daughter not? no it's Melanie Griffith oh and Don Johnson sorry it's Dakota Johnson whatever they produced. I mean, like, even though the movie was shit, they produced a great child. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. As the father of a girl, please stop that. Uh, no, I have Fifty Shades of Grey uh, as well. That was, like, one of my backups because just in case no good deed wasn't from, from yes. this year. Fifty Shades of Grey was a horrible movie uh, because it was so... It, it, it played out on the screen mm-hmm. just like you would imagine... A trashy romance novel yep. reads. Yep, it's almost like they they transcribed it word for word from the book and just put it in the script. Yep, and what works in print won't necessarily work on film, and it didn't. You're absolutely uh, right. You know, and it, it made me wonder, like, why is this capturing the imagination of so many readers? Like, this is best best selling stuff and th- multiple books. People are reading this stuff, yeah. and and I've understood now, like talking to, to uh, Stephanie on that podcast, that. It's more of a guilty pleasure thing. Yeah, that's fine. It's porn for housewives. But but that's that's fine. But if you're making it into a movie, you have to adapt it. That's why you adapt a screenplay. Yeah. And it didn't. It didn't feel like a movie. It felt like a book on tape that they somehow had actors perform. And so, as a movie, it felt really wooden. It mm-hmm. felt disingenuous. Uh, I didn't buy the relationships between these characters because it every scene kind of opened up like you're turning the page of a book, and it's like, all right, this happens because it's what's written on the page. Right. And there wasn't a believable motivation going on at all in the course of this film. No, I the agree. The fact with you. that like these two initiate, like that, there's a chemistry between them. I don't understand why. I don't understand how. Why this millionaire is like, oh, I got to go to Home Depot and meet this girl. Really, dude? Like, uh, uh, it, yeah. it, it was just, it was gross. It was dirty. By the time I was done with it, I needed a Silkwood shower. Yeah. You know, just give me a Brillo pad so I can wipe my, my flesh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that Fifty Shades of Grey definitely deserves to be on this list. Yeah. Um, all right. I know that we've both got this movie as well because we both had very strong reactions to this film after we saw it. And what I'm talking about, the next worst of 2015 is Terminator Genesis. Yeah, that one was definitely on my list, and um, fucking hated it. Like, you can say, like, oh, yeah, it's a decent action movie or whatever. You make such a big deal of what happens in what was in 20, in 2009 or 2001. I think so. Like, whatever. You know what? I get where you're going with is, it. Is, is, Whenever Judgment Day happened. Right, right. Which was set forth in 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 uh in the in the Terminator, Terminator 2. 2 you know and the, and even in Terminator uh Genesis is like Sarah Sarah Connor is sitting there like like we have to go back to this year because this is when it happens we have to go back to this year and like there's like a 5 to 10 minute scene of them arguing of like which year should we time travel to uh-huh. and like she she is so adamant about going back to like we got to go back to this time so we can stop judgment day and then he's like, uh, I, I had a vision, and yeah. uh, and 
and like he and, somehow knows what that means. Like I've got wacky dreams. That right, means it's fine. Right, Let's right. go to this other year. Right. And and like and so he's like, I have this dream, and I see that it's like you know several years after Judgment Day, and everything's still still you know there's still uh, civilization <laughs> and like you know all this other he's stuff. He's MLK from the future. <laughs> right. And like so it's like okay, and then like the and first of all, Sarah Connor just immediately is, rolls over and is like. Okay, well, now you have visions. Now you've convinced me. Yeah. But then you don't talk about how Judgment Day was stopped. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is the same thing we're talking about with, like, Seymour and Introduction, where right. this was a door that was open for us 20 years ago. Well, not only was this a door open 20 years ago, it is the main focus uh-huh. of, like, it's Terminator 2. It's the War of 2. the Machines. For Terminator 2. That was the main focus. Terminator 3, as shitty as it was, what were they doing? They were going to Colorado, to Skynet, to, to try tr- to, stop, to, to yeah. stop the Meg machine. And then, G- and then Genesis was... F- and then you had the Sarah Chronicles. Salvation. Yeah, you the, had Salvation the, and Chronicles. Salvation, that was supposed to be like an origin story of John Connor doing the rise up of I, the machine. I, I, I guess maybe it was It was supposed to be the origin story of John Connor becoming a commander. Yeah, the yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. And uh, and then you had the Sarah, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which was her time traveling to prepare for Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, it was just it oh. was uh, All right, well, no, it was no. them like living on the road and stuff, oh. and uh, and but, and they were they they were joined but, 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 by a female Terminator, okay, yeah, played by I, Summer Glau. I, I, oh, really? I yeah. never, I never watched, yeah. it. <laughs> I never watched it. But 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 like, I want to go back re- really quick though to what you okay. were saying. Th- this thing that happened and was the like this catalyst for everything that would become important to this Terminator universe was something that was talked about in the first Terminator movie, and then something we actually kind of saw and saw get uh, a- a- and witnessed uh, be stopped. Mm-hmm. In Terminator 2, which was th- arguably the most powerful and most effective film in the franchise. Like, yes. you look back and you think, like, yeah, Terminator was a good movie, but Terminator 2, even though I think the script is shit, Terminator 2 is the best film of the franchise. Is, is, so you're going to go and erase Terminator 2? Like, yeah. you're erasing that the, film? Yeah, of in, all in, the films. Of all the films, you're erasing that from the continuity to create your new franchise? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Is, is I mean, Terminator 2 is by far my favorite of of all the Terminator films. Uh-huh. Obviously, you need Terminator 1 because you're setting up the premise, but I've seen T2 the most. Yeah. And, like, you know... I mean, I prefer the first one, but I—I lo- I mean, the second movie is is so good production-wise. Yeah, yeah, no, is, and and yeah, and to have this film come in and be like, well, all those events, fuck them. Yeah, like, yeah, no, 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 and no, this no, was, no. I mean, this was groundbreaking from from a filmmaking yep. standpoint and from a, to- a storytelling standpoint. That, and the it t- did the T one thousand with the, the liquid oh, Terminator. Yes. Like you had not seen that shit on no. film at that point in time. And a strong female protagonist in Sarah yep. Connor. Yep. We hadn't seen anything like that before. Yep. And so you've got the uh you've got these groundbreaking things that you've done for this franchise and like I said, you're erasing it and going back to a female protagonist who was weak. Yep. She counted on the men around her yep. to save her like Absolutely. constantly in this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. As uh no, is is I I I I can't agree with you more. Is is it was it was, oh God, it was it was it was a horrible movie. It was it it just it 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 didn't do the franchise any favors. No, I mean like 
It, I just, oh my God, it yeah. was, it was, and, and then like trying to recreate scenes from the first Terminator. Yeah. So that way you can like be like, okay, so this is, this is the first Terminator. And then like, this, you is, know, this is where it would have fallen into yeah, the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God, guys, like just splice in yeah. the actual footage. Like yeah. you, you, you can, you can, you know, bring, bring up the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Um, okay. So my next one, I'm not sure. If it would be on yours, but I just I didn't enjoy it. Like it had some moments, but it wasn't that good. Unfinished business. The no, the, it's the, not on either the, of my lists. The Vince Vaughn movie. The reason why it's on mine is because like, like I remember us speaking fairly favorably about well, it here, when we did the podcast. Because here's what I remember about it is like being like, if you enjoy Vince Vaughn movies, you will like this movie. Mm-hmm. But have you seen a Vince Vaughn movie before? You've seen, You've this, seen movie. this movie. Yeah. Because guess what happens? Vince Vaughn isn't really a likable guy. Then he learns a lesson, and then he becomes a likable guy. Yeah. Every I, that, you're absolutely right. Every like, Vince Vaughn movie. It's just like, dude, like just like learn a lesson. Like go back to like the go back to Vince Vaughn from Swingers. Swingers, even the Wedding Crashers. Yeah, even uh, even um, this I think was the starting point of it. But still, I think was good. Uh, Old school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you ever see this movie called Domestic Disturbance, where Vince Vaughn plays like this uh, this kid's new stepfather, and John Travolta plays the dad, and like you find out that the stepfather's like uh, into some bad shit and no. starts like abusing the kid. No. Yeah, it's it's a weird movie, but it's it was fun to see Vince Vaughn play. It, okay, it wasn't a good movie, right? But it was fun to see Vince Vaughn play something completely different. Right, right. Uh, so for that reason, I'd be like, yeah, maybe try to check it out if okay. you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so unfinished business. Like, I thought it was a cute movie. I it, thought, but obviously I felt it was fairly unremarkable the, the, because I didn't remember it. The, the, uh, I'll tell you, the one shining point of that movie that made me end up that like I thought was really great is uh, – James Franco's little brother or Zac Efron? The, they look the same to me. It's, it's James Franco's little brother. Okay. It's, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. I, let's call him Donnie Franco. Yeah. I, I, I don't like him. How about he, Annie DeFranco? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like him because he's married to Allison Brie, and she should be married to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Or, or does she get married to Zac Efron? I don't like whichever one of them married <laughs> it's, her. Is married to Allison Brie. <laughs> because we belong together. Uh, but, yeah, he was – he was uh, the little Franco was, like, the only, like, saving grace of that film. I thought his character was really funny, you know, being thrown into, like, really adult situations, and he's really innocent. Like, sometimes overplayed a little bit, but overall, I was like, eh, that this was probably my favorite part of the movie. Gotcha. No, and, and he was fun. I thought he was a fun character. Yeah. And I like the twist that you kind of find out later in the film about his character and I thought that it was felt it, it was portrayed kind of respectfully. Yeah. Uh all right. My next on the worst of 2015, San Andreas. Yep, that was mine too. Starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yep. Uh this horrible disaster movie that threw everything that was even semi-realistic. Now look, I dig a night a good popcorn movie that's just mm-hmm. action and balls to the wall and whatever, but they tried too hard to like also explain things that are going on in the movie and it was so incorrect the way they were trying to like reason things out and then when they would just like say to hell with realism and just do whatever you can't do that you can't have your cake and eat it too with these movies exactly like the 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 best scene I can think of is is (laughs) is they are it will like the helicopter hovering no 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 they they mean the opening sequence and the 
no, no. I was talking about when he goes and saves his wife, and there's like oh, he's hovering oh. right there, and there's buildings falling yeah, down that, everywhere, that and was... I'm like, there'd be like updrafts, and yep, yep, with like, huh? <laughs> dust is keeping pretty low to the ground. That's uh, that's a new thing, but no, no, is like for me, like the like, oh my god, moment was when the the city is flooding, and they're in a, they're in uh, an office building, and you remember that scene in Fast. Five or six with the the longest runway in the history of the world. Yes, yes. So there's a scene where it's kind of like that, but instead of a car chase on a runway, it's holding your breath. Yes, and it's just like yes. It's like I don't care how trained Dwayne Johnson is. No one holds no, their breath that Michael long. Michael Phelps cannot hold his breath that no, long underwater. Sir. There is no way that like he is dead like multiple times <laughs> over along. Along with his daughter. Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, she's trapped in an office, and, like, so he's on the outside of the glass, like, trying to break in. Uh huh. She has no way of getting oxygen. At least I think he was like, I'm going to be right back, like, take a breath of oxygen. And then comes on back down. And, like, she's got nowhere to go. You you expend oxygen by, like, he's kicking the door in it. And I'm like, you're going to exhale when you're doing that. Yes. And when you exhale, this is how you drown because your natural instinct. Is to inhale, yep. and that's when you get water in your lungs. That's right. And like that scene when I was like, "Well, all right, well, okay, I guess, I guess we're just saying, we're just really saying, fuck it at this point." Right. Right. But but that's what I equated to is that chase scene at the end of that Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. You know, it's just like this is way too unreal. Another movie with the Rock. <laughs> yeah. There you yes, go. There you go. All right, moving it along. Okay, uh, this one, and I've saved this one because I was like, this is number two, Seventh Son. Absolutely, that's at my. That's right there too. I've got that. That was gonna be my next one. Is uh, j- the best part of this movie? I hate to say, wasn't Jeff Bridges? It was Jon Snow, and he's in it for like for two seconds. Two, two seconds. Like, like you're like, oh man, this can be Jon Snow and Jeff Bridges. Bat. Oh no, never mind. Nope, he's gone. Nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, Don't even think he made it through the opening credits. Nope, sure didn't. Uh, like because like they're doing it to set up like Jeff Bridges' character, but it's like. You guys should have switched actors and the no name piece of shit. Yeah. That like that like I feel like I feel like Jeff Bridges was like, Okay, I can carry this actor. I can and then like halfway through he production what was like I can't do it. I'm just gonna get a paycheck and, and I'm gonna call it a day. And you know what? No lie, there's definitely that feeling like halfway through the movie where it's like you could tell everybody's just checked out on it. Yep. And uh, and so you check out. You're like, well, if you guys don't care, I don't care either. When's this movie over? Yep. Uh, and we freaking wasted money at the big, like the expensive theater to see this movie too. Yeah, we did. We both fell asleep during it. <laughs> yeah. I remember during the podcast. Is it fair for us to be then like it's the worst? It's one of the worst. No, 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 because no, 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 no. we fell asleep. Well, because here here's our redeeming factor. One, we fell asleep in it because it was that bad. But two. We fell asleep at different, different times, so that's we were right. able to fill each other in and be like, oh, this part was still bad. Don't worry, <laughs> we, didn't miss anything. We were like a tag team. Yes. Oh, God, that movie was so horrible. I think the only reason why I woke up was because I started snoring and you nudged <laughs> me. Yes. All right, so I think we both agree on this one, too, because we were talking beforehand. I, did, I haven't looked at your list, though. Uh-huh. Uh, my worst of 2015 Tomorrowland. Uh, fuck you, George Clooney. How can you sign on for such a piece of shit film? It's, it's so rough to make this movie, and it's called Tomorrowland. You go through about two hours of movie, 
just in regular the regular like it plays out almost like national treasure yeah but kind of not like there's there's so many weird things where you know you've got this girl who's got like this ring and it it shows her like where she needs to go but she's also in the real world at the same time and so we've got this like it starts with this cool like sense of discovery but then soon you start getting a little pissed off because like well can you will you get to tomorrowland already exactly like tomorrowland is the least visited, like, if, if you were to look at all the different sets, the set of Tomorrowland in the film was probably the least used set, yeah. which is ridiculous. Is and Because they show you Tomorrowland at the beginning of the film, and you're like, oh my god, this is going to be so great, mm-hmm. because it's this place where, like, the world's brightest minds are free to do whatever they want, no limitations, yeah. you know, and you're like, great, and then it's like, Okay, now we're back in the real world, and I get it. We're going to eventually get to Tomorrowland. And Ma- maybe they'll intercut some scenes with Tomorrowland. And we, but we don't. Nope. We nope. Do, and it starts with, like, uninteresting uh, narration. Yep. Um, when you get to Tomorrowland, and I understand, like, dystopia kind of thing, like, things have fallen apart, but, like, where's everybody? Because people end up showing up at the end of the movie. Yep. But you've got, like, so much that you've got the – they, like, go through, like, this transporter that takes them from, like, Iowa or Florida to Paris. Yep. Like they transport from Florida to Paris and then he's like you might want to drink this. It's going to, you know, it, it'll give you back your sugars or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, don't you need something cuz you're like a 50-year-old man." Yes, yeah, like 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 the 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 teenage girl sh- teenagers recover really quickly yeah. from a hangover or whatever. Uh older people not so much. You're going to you're going to need that too. We've also had that element of like killer robots chasing them around. They fuck Suddenly, that doesn't happen anymore. Nope, nope, nope. Like, that just stops. Yep. Uh, and the, the the worst part was, was at the end when we're finally at tomorrow, uh, Tomorrowland, and, like, there's, like, maybe, like, 15, 10, 15 minutes left in the movie, and then they introduce some new rules and new science in this universe, uh-huh. and then literally, no less than five minutes later, Break that. They break that. Yeah, with the I can see like the future events yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like no one can see the future because once you see it, it's changed. It's like that's not what you just right. told me. You just told me that this thing <laughs> that this we could see what's going on. Yeah, like 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 I understand. Like w- normally when that type of element is used in the film, it's like I can see the future. I can't see my own because once I know it, it changes. Yes, but I can see other people's. Yeah, like. She, and she's on that elevator and sees her own future and is like, oh, okay, I'll do this. It, it's, yes. it, it's it's horrible. It was a horribly scripted, horribly thought out movie. And I, I expected better, especially from John Lasseter and Disney. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You've had so much time to, to, uh, to advertise but, this movie. Why are you so bad? And I forget what it was, but after hearing this, it made me so mad because because Disney was in development with Tomorrowland and it cost so much money, and then was such a bomb. Oh, that they decided not to do Tron. Yes, yeah. that was it. Yes, yeah. and that that that's what makes this even worse. It's like, no, 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 no. You have a Tron, a nineteen eighties version, like so good, yeah, so good. I love Tron Legacy. I love Tron Legacy too. So you have two good movies in this franchise. Let's do a third, and then. Yeah. And then you pull the plug on that one based on based on tomorrow. I mean, like I mean, like if you like, I'm pretty sure the sales of Tr- Tron's uh, soundtrack, Tron Legacy soundtrack, helped pay for like 
part of the movie because it was such a huge a, soundtrack. Yeah, it was a great soundtrack. It was, I mean, like, and it's, it, I think the video sales have done well. It didn't do great in the box office, and it wasn't a, it wasn't didn't get great critical response. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, is but like, but the people, but I have yet to, I have yet to talk to anyone that saw Tron Legacy and was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. No, it, it's, it was like, it was like no, good flick. It, it was good. It was fun movie. Visual storytelling. Like, I didn't like CG Jeff Bridges' face, but you know, like, like that oh, was that was weird. But okay. other than that, I liked the yeah. movie. So that might have been the worst thing Tomorrowland did was kill the chance of a third Tron movie. Yeah. All right. So, so now moving on to the best of 2015, we'll try to roll through this a little bit yeah. quicker. Uh, my honorable mention for 2015 for the best of Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because even though I thought it was a bad movie, uh, there were definitely some fun parts to it. It was cool getting to see all these characters get back together again. Um, I think that's kind of where it ends, though. I thought that it was fun seeing all the superheroes, uh, but I thought that the story sucked. Yeah. I had I had Age of Ultron at number four on my list. Like, so I put it up there pretty high for because one, I, I actually just went back and rewatched it. And it was a, it's a, I thought it was a fun movie. I, I like the comedy elements. I will admit that there are parts in the middle where it's like, all right, guys, let's speed it the yeah, they fuck just, up. They go to a fucking farm. For yeah, like, exactly. Like, it, why? It, like, 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 that was the one thing I was like, like, I, I think you and I both said this where it was like, they were trying to use this movie to see if they could do a Hawkeye standalone yeah. film because yeah. they had the farm sequence. And then in the last part, Hawkeye has this big inspiring speech to uh, Scarlet Witch. And it's like, Okay, uh, you're trying to set this up, but I still thought it was a fun movie, and also it just it also the other reason is because it progressed the more the MCU forward. So I was like, I gotta give it credit on that. I'm gonna just I loved James Spader's performance. Yeah, especially when like Hulk jumps into the back of the ship. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like oh damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it was a fun movie. Yeah, I and, had, and and that's why it makes honorable mention for best. See, I uh, had that number but four. but I just it, it has to straddle that line for me. I had higher expectations for a movie like this. Yeah, no, I I put it at number four. Uh, my honorable mention for 2015, uh, Hateful Eight. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. Um, if you look at all, if you're looking just at Quentin Tarantino's films, his eight films, uh, I would definitely put it down there towards the bottom of his list with Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Is it wasn't his best work? Uh, it was, I, it was maybe on par with Death Proof, like maybe a little bit better than Death Proof, mm-hmm. uh, but like still like not his best work. But like, still, like, if you're a Tarantino fan, still highly recommend it. Like, right. it's very long, and like, I guess just as he gets older, he just likes using the N word more and more because, like, like I mean, I, Django, I told like it makes sense in the context I can, of Django because you're talking about slavery, and this is this is I, after slavery. It's an old western. Uh, but it was like I'm sure they still use it at that time. But come Clint on, Eastwood man! Clint Eastwood managed to be in like eight million westerns that never used the N word. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so I'm just like, I get it. Like, I mean, even even in Pulp Fiction, when Tarantino's character is like, "Do I have a sign above my house that says, you know, yeah, dead yeah, yeah, end yeah. bodies?" It was like, all right, man. Like, I get it. And you're saying that to Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. I guess he's. I guess you guys are just really cool or whatever. <laughs> But so, yeah, so Hateful Eight made uh, an honorable mention uh, for my uh, 2015, and I changed this at the last, after we started recording, uh, Jurassic World gets my honorable mention, 
just because I love like I my friends and I we still quote and will act out scenes from the very first Jurassic Park movie. Uh huh. Yes, I don't remember two or three very well, but I did enjoy the ride of Jurassic World. I and I do agree with all the reasons you say why you didn't like it. I do agree with those reasons. Uh huh. But at the same time, like man, I just love this film, and I'm I'm excited that they're doing some more. Gotcha. So, so yeah. Okay. Uh, so I also had on here, um, Spy the uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yes, that's on my list. Just also mainly because I was like, huh, like I was not like talk about going into a movie with low expectations yeah. and then coming out and being like. Oh my uh-huh. God! Like yeah. that was a fun. It was a very fun, fun movie. Ride. Yeah, no, so, it was a very fun movie. And I, I remember saying, like, leading into that, man, I'm so out on this Melissa McCarthy thing. All she does is the same thing over and over yep. again. And I, I was going into this movie expecting, like, okay, this is gonna be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and really loved it. Yeah. it really, I mean, not only was she good in it, but the entire cast. Like, Jason a, Statham. Jason Statham, so good. <laughs> like, like, I was like. Oh my god! I didn't know that dude had a sense of humor about himself. Oh god! And he absolutely does. Yeah. The the entire cast. This is a fantastic movie. It's yep. so fun. It is. Uh, a fun in fact, movie. this is a film that once it came out on video, I meant to get it so that way I could watch it with Sarah. And mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, we haven't been able to yet. But no, this was definitely one of the best of 2016. Yeah. All right. Also on my list uh, is a movie that we did for Afternoon Delight a long time ago called Good Kill. Going back to Ethan Hawke. And he oh, plays. I totally forgot about that. He plays that one. the pilot of a of a remote drone, and uh, it, it kind of explores his life and what's going on there, and how you know he go, basically he's a pilot, but he wants to fly himself. Yeah, and he can't. They they're keeping him down, and he's he grounded. To, he's basically spending all of his days in a box in like what Utah or something Nevada outside in Nevada, of Nevada, uh, and he just pilots a plane. He does a shift yeah, where he pilots tw- a plane twelve hours, and then goes home, and like. Yeah, it is a real. I totally forgot about mm-hmm. that film, but yeah. yeah, it is a very powerful film because, because, yeah. because you think of because the one thing I really liked about this film is you think of of when you think of PTSD, you think of soldiers who are coming home from combat. Yeah, and what was good about the, about Good Kill was is it's showing these drone pilots who make no doubt about it are killing people. Yeah, and but um, it, and up close and personal and the fact that like that, these people don't see it even coming. Right. And like it is because it is a very when they kill someone from the a drone attack, it's very personal for them because they see it on video, they watch it. It's like you're playing God. Exactly. But so that's what makes it very personal, but then you're like I open up the door and there's the Las Vegas strip well, and, and you not, know and not just that though, but you also had the the bit where they're the ones that have to pull the trigger. They're on yep. the phone with someone else, and they're like, shoot, but there's children there. We yeah. have verification. Take out the target. Yeah. Like, this is someone who doesn't have to pull the trigger, just telling you, not even having to see it happen or see the victims. And so you're the right. one that's basically doing somebody else's dirty work and how that weighs on your yep. conscience. There are a lot of parallels that could be drawn between this movie and The Hurt Locker yep. uh, as far as, like, what what war and what... Uh, how how that can make your your mind fragile, taking lives and and in order to protect others, it's it's crazy. And this movie ends with an amazing bit that's like it's it's strangely satisfying yep. how it ends, and, uh, and and it's very powerful. Ethan Hawke is amazing in it. Zoe Kravitz is also really good in this movie, and this is an actress that I thought was really bad when I saw her in X Men First Class. I was like, she's horrible. She's just getting acting jobs because she's Lenny Kravitz's yeah. daughter. Yeah, no, she was really good. Yeah, is um, 
So now I am going to uh, do one that I'm sure is not on your list. Um, I just just saw it. Uh, Sicario. Okay, no, I haven't seen this. This is an amazing movie. Uh, is I feel like they waited till the end of 2015 to release so many, and maybe it's because of the they Oscars. do that. They do that for the the award season. Uh, but um, but Sicario, it's like. It's like that's Emily Blunt, right? That's, yes. Okay. Yes, and like it's and um, it's she's an FBI agent who is put on a special task force that is headed up by um, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, no Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Not, not the guy, not the guy with the gun, the the good guy, the one that carries around all the money. No, I can't, I can't. Uh, I want to say Josh Mar- Brolin. Yes, yes, Josh Brolin. So Emily Blunt is on a task force that combines uh, CIA, uh, FBI, and all these different organizations led by Josh Brolin. And then um, uh, who who was the collector in uh, in? Uh, <laughs> In uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's uh, Benicio del Toro. Right, he is on there, which I don't want to say what organizations he's with because it's a big like holy shit at the end. Uh-huh. But so they're essentially going after the Mexican cartel because the Mexican cartel is in you know invading the southern border. It's kind of it's kind of like I get it's kind of like Training Day and Traffic yeah mixed together. But, Traf- traffic Day, but yeah, but like executed. <laughs> I, I, I liked Sicario more than I liked uh, Traffic, and I I would need to go back and rewatch Training Day. Training Day is a good action movie. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that it got a nomination for Best Actor. Yeah, uh, and that he won for that. Uh, I mean, it was a good bit of dialogue that he had, some good performances. But wow, like yeah. I can't believe this action movie got a nomination. Yeah, like but that. Uh, so Sicario, uh, I would I definitely would would say yeah. Okay. Um, my next best of uh, 2016, and I, I glimpsed and I saw that it's on your list as well, uh, Ant-Man. Yep. The reason I liked Ant-Man so much is that it managed to make a superhero movie that was fun. Uh, yep. And it, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like, a lot of the Marvel movies have some humor built in, but they've got, like, they're beholden to this bigger story yep. that's going on. And Ant-Man wasn't. And I know they're going to start bringing him into the bigger MCU stuff, but for the most part, like this was just a standalone thing. And I understand that Ant-Man was kind of made because they didn't have the rights to Spider-Man. Right. And so that's why if you watch this movie, there's kind of a lot of personality traits to Ant-Man that fit and, what Spider-Man would be. And I also feel like a lot of the success, even though he didn't stay on to direct the film, I feel like a lot of the success it's of Edgar Ant-Man Wright. is Edgar Wright. Because like, yeah, because he still got a writer and I think a producer's credit yeah. and he left the directing process, which... As much as I enjoyed it, I can also only think of like, man, how much better would have been if he was if he was at the helm. No, that would have been great. But but still, uh, Ant Man was great, and I'm uh, like you said, it was just it was able to poke fun at the MCU. Uh You know, is because there's several still paying respect to it, right? And I also like that that Scott Lang is a he's like a single father. Yep. Like I like that this guy is a single dad. And he's a superhero. Yep. Like I really like that. That whole story was it was very uh, satisfying for me. Yep. 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 No. Uh, so yeah, Ant Man. Yeah, I definitely. Actually, yeah. That that was a great. That was a great one. Um, next up is uh, one that you and I did for uh, Afternoon Delight. Uh, it. Uh, I don't know if it made yours. It follows. Yes. Yeah. It's totally on my list. Is I mean. When we were when we were just talking about Lazarus effect and how like it's following this trend of like these 
bullshit jump scare PG-13 movies. It was such a relief for It Follows because they you can if you've ever seen an an 80s horror thriller film, you know It Follows pays homage to those yeah. and it does it in a really good way and it follows that suit that that filmmaking of like no 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 we don't need to rush anything we can take our time let it play out and then like when it does pay off oh my god yeah it's it's great uh-huh i i agree you know in the fact that they weren't uh they weren't afraid now granted there's a uh, a part at the climax of this movie where they're kind of like it starts to maybe lose its way just a little bit it yeah. starts to kind of lose its way um where they're like they try to set a trap for this monster in a pool yeah and that was kind of weird, but uh, but basically you find out like it's just kind of we we're not sure that worked anyway. Yeah, well, and and like we're also never sure exactly what year this takes place because uh-huh. it's like, oh yeah, I got my little digital palm ebook, but it feels like this whole movie takes place in the seventies because the TV you're watching is still using and uh, rabbit ear antennas, yeah, which yeah. if the palm reader's out. You're not picking up a signal. Yes. Someone who works in that industry, you're not picking up a goddamn signal. I can tell you that for a fucking fact. I like the way that they tease the audience with stuff going on in the background. Yep. Uh, and yeah. And like there was the, there's that one shot. Whenever I think of it, follows. I think of the the girl like standing in the doorway, and they're like, "What's wrong?" What's and then like that dude, just that big tall dude, just comes walking in. Yeah. And like that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. It wasn't a jump scare. It was legit. You saw him like, come walking in, and he just like it's the fact that it's un- unrelenting. And he just comes walking towards you. And it took that thing, that trope about movie characters, horror movie characters, where you can run from them all you want. They're just going to walk and they're still going to catch you. Like, that's what this whole movie is built on. And it was a great premise. Yeah, Yeah, it really was. Really dug that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, It Follows is on my list. Uh, The next film that I've got on my list is The Salvation, which was the Western... uh, Oh, yeah. Starring Matt, Matt Michelson. Right, right. We got that screener from IFC for that. That's one. right. Uh, which, by the way, I know was on a streaming site. I think I forget if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. But like, if you subscribe to one of those two, you should be able to get it. Mm-hmm. And if you do, watch it. Watch it. As you, I, yeah. I totally. I see. I didn't it's, have the movie stuff, so yeah, I forgot no, about it. It's uh, it's all good. No, but I just want to just say real quick because we don't have to go into it like these. You know, now that we're getting to the end of the list, we're talking about movies that we've gone on and on and on about. Mm-hmm. But the Salvation is a fantastic revenge western. Yeah. Uh, you know, an homage to classic westerns that you love. You know, we were talking about the Hateful Eight. This is a movie that doesn't it doesn't have to you know shock you with the language. Yep. It's the content. The content is amazing, and the way it's shot is fucking phenomenal. You're exactly right. Is because you can because because they don't need that language and all that because of the story that's telling you. Like this is disturbing enough. Like I feel like sometimes movies are like we got to say this and do this to make it disturbing, but like this story overall is disturbing. Yeah. And, but like in like a good way a that good, makes a, that satisfying makes a, Western way, yeah, like a yeah. good revenge Western. Right. Yeah. Now speaking in uh, staying in theme with uh, revenge Westerns, this one, okay, maybe not a Western, but definitely a revenge film is uh, the uh, Reverend. Uh, I haven't seen that either. Holy shit. Isn't that where he gets raped by a bear? <laughs> like almost mauled to death. Which, <laughs> which. Well, you remember that? Did, did you hear about that? Like they, there was a fake story going around when this oh, movie first came out that no. like, people were like, oh yeah, it's that movie where Leonardo DiCaprio gets raped by a bear. Oh. And like people thought that was real. And so like it hit the internet. And like so the studio had to come out and go, guys, he doesn't get raped by a bear. <laughs> Although like he does get like really up close and personal with one. But like. 
you know, I, I did see an article where someone was like, all anyone's focusing on on this movie is the bear attack when there's so much more to it. Uh-huh. And they are absolutely right. Is Here's the thing. When your main character doesn't talk throughout the majority of the film because he's recovering from a bear attack. Yeah. And so all Leo is using is his his body expressions and his facial expressions and he's able to con- to to show his emotions without using any words so well like i i know this is what everyone's saying but he he should totally get the oscar for this yeah. if he doesn't win an oscar for That's this that, then then the i'm talk. then i'm con- then i'm convinced he will never ever win an oscar yeah. because i believe he's deserved it for past films and I 100% believe that he deserves it for this the film. The Departed. I thought he, he should have oh, gotten yeah. it for The Departed. The Departed, Titanic. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Um, uh, Growing Pains. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Didn't he like, go upstairs and then like never come back yeah, down? Yep, yep. Um, also, Tom Hardy. Was, yeah. was really good in this. Yes. I can never recognize Tom Hardy in any movie. Like I have to like I have to be like okay that's Tom Hardy because like I look up IMDb what's his character's name okay but at least in this one he has a, there's a good story of like why he's a little bit unrecognizable yeah because like he went through some shit I can't it, wait to see this it, it, and I don't I, I'd heard the second hand so I don't know how true it is. But the the rumor that I heard, it was also all natural lighting. So, uh-huh. like, no lights on set. It was just, like, what's going on in That's the environment. Cool. That's so cool. I, I, now, I could be wrong on that. Um, but, like, you know, so if I am, my apologies. But that's the rumor that I heard. It also shot, like, a, a large format movie, even though it's not being released in large format. Uh-huh. Uh, but just, just overall, a great, great film. Yeah. Um, all right. I've got five left on here. I'm on my final five. Have you have I don't know. I have one, two, three. Oh, because you're about to do, because I just oh, did right, that. So I'm now it's yours. So yeah. So right. after this, you'll have four. So uh, I want to touch on Inside Out. Yeah. I thought this was a fantastic yeah. movie. And, and I don't know if maybe it had something to do with Sarah and I becoming new parents I think that, as this movie what? came out. Uh, but to be able to explore like those emotions through these characters. Uh, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I thought it wasn't going to be very good. I thought it was. I was like, "Oh man, this is kind of a weak concept." Yeah. They had a TV show about this called Herman's Head. Well, and, and Osmosis and, Jones kind of did the same thing, yeah. you know, showing the immune system. But there's something that happens throughout the course of this movie where you stop looking at it as a viewer watching this happen to somebody else, and you start kind of you start assigning it to you and mm-hmm. like the, how you felt things and how your life is kind of, you know, it, it's reflected back in this movie about like, you know, as you grow up and, and things end up getting compartmentalized. And uh, what I absolutely adore about this movie is that it, it teaches kids and adults. It's okay to not be happy. Like it's, okay, yeah. it's okay to feel sad. It's oh okay to God. feel angry. Yeah. As long as you're understanding why and you can process right. it. I was like, this is probably the most important movie you've ever made Pixar. Yeah, I know. I mean, because, because like what, what's great about inside out is it's a movie to where like, if, if like, like when a kid, like when you're trying to explain emotions or something to a child and you're like, I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. Let me show you inside let, out. Let me let me watch this with you. Yes. So and that way we, we can, can you know we exactly. can go through it together. Exactly. Not just sit her in front of it and be like, watch this movie and you'll know. That's exactly why. <laughs> that's exactly why I have no plans of being a parent because like that's my solution Should to everything. Like, watch this. And yeah. Now you get it. Oh, you're crying like uh, South Park's on. There you go. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> yeah. 
so um so yeah inside out i i totally agree i just i forgot about that yeah one. yeah uh now this is the last one where i think i think after this movie and you do your other one i think our lists are going to be pretty much yeah, the same yeah but the last one i think where we're really going to be different is uh into the heart of the sea the, i don't even know what that is that's the new ron howard movie oh moby with, dick it's the story of like it's the story that inspired moby dick although it's like pretty sure he took some elements f- like from Moby Dick like <laughs> to inspire the story. Right, right. You know, it's it's uh, Ron Howard directing and um it's Thor, isn't it? Uh, yes, Chris Hemsworth. Chris, yes. And who, do- who I I'll admit does a real a really bad and inconsistent Boston accent. Uh-huh. But like despite that to make a 2-hour film on a boat yeah and still be like I wonder what's going to happen next. <laughs> Nothing's happened in like 15 minutes. I wonder what's going to happen next yeah. because of what they're saying could happen. I want to see if that happens. Not Ron what Howard. What you're describing doesn't sound like something I'd like <laughs> I, to watch. And Exactly. Like I, I didn't think I was going to like it. I went into that movie being like, I just like Ron Howard. And I still – and I, I left like, really liking the film. Don't think it's Ron Howard's best, mm-hmm. but still really good – once again, visually stunning. Yeah. He really uses, you know, it has those typical, like, you're like, only Ron Howard would shoot this shot like this. Uh-huh. It has some of those shots, which I like. You know, I like Ron Howard shoot, you know, the way he, he frames scenes and, mm-hmm. and shoots it. He's good with the camera. Uh, you know, but for a movie that, like, there's no gunfight or anything like that, like, they're not attacked by pirates or anything. Just whales. It's, it's telling the story of, of, of whaling in, in Massachusetts, uh, and it's it's a great film. Okay. It really is. I, I got to tell you, like, I even Ron Howard's bad movies, I find yep. something I like about them, so. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, give it's, that a shot. Is that, is that, that, that's it, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, we obviously don't both have this one on our list. Yep. Furious 7. I liked Furious 7 I a lot. I forgot to do as that a as a popcorn honorable. action movie. It was really good. It also had an amazing amount of heart to it as someone not only as someone who's followed the franchise, but I think you would probably agree as a newcomer to the franchise, it had an amazing amount of heart, especially yep. like when you and then you get to the end and knowing what, you know, was going on behind the scenes in this movie. You get to that, you know, when I see you again oh, sequence no, when they're driving next to each other and then the cars split off yeah. and every there's not a dry eye in the oh, house. Oh, no, no, you're absolutely right. Is uh, I still don't know how they're going to do three more movies because, uh, yeah, Vin Diesel has announced that, like, yeah, we're, we're, fin- we're finishing the Fast and Furious series with another trilogy. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, Sam and I had some theories on my comic life. My theory is, like, the next one – a gang kills Paul Walker and so the next and, three films are revenge uh-huh. um, I will also say this about Fast 7 you don't need to see that I watched that uh, that like <laughs> race scene like yeah. like chase scene like that, that at the, it was a YouTube video done by The Verge yeah the supercut yeah, yeah the 80s supercut yeah. you can watch that and be totally caught up for Fast 7 yep uh I did. I did watch Fast Seven, and then Fast Six was on HBO, and I watched it on HBO, and I was like, "Okay, this makes a little bit more sense uh-huh. now." But like, still was able to enjoy Fast Seven with just watching that supercut, like yeah. you know, video. There's nothing to it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a simple movie, but it's kind of awesome and brilliant in the fact that it's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, okay. Oh, now it's my turn. Yeah. Um, I, I think you and I are going to have the next three, and I think we're going to have them in the same order too. Yeah. Uh, Creed. Yes, sir. Is 
as someone who is who is not a I'm not a Rocky fan like you are, Joe. Like seen the first one, like kind of remember the other ones, but like not a hundred percent up to date on the whole Star Rocky storyline. Going in and seeing Creed on its own with essentially going in without seeing any of the Rocky movies. That's how I'd preface it. How uh-huh. I went in looking at it. Yeah, an amazing film does a really good job of being like, this is how they got to this point in this film and filling you in on what happened in the past important Rocky movies. I feel like I can say the important well, they, Rocky. They, they also reference Rocky four. So, okay. Well, I missed that <laughs> reference. That's but, where Apollo dies in Rocky four. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, I forgot about that little plot aspect of the fourth film. I forgot. That was the whole point. of the They film. talk about Apollo dying. Yeah. It was in Rocky. Uh, but still like, it was it was a really good movie. It, it, the story was really well. The, sh- the the shooting, the way they shot that film, when they go in the boxing ring and they go in the first person view yeah. and the fight, oh, you're yeah. just like, oh my god! And it's god. just like one shot. And having I went and saw it again with Jay. There's a couple mo- moments in that movie that are one long continuous shot. Okay, and I was like, wow, you know that's really well done. Now at the end, you can see where they're like some some hidden cuts, but yeah. for the most part, it was a really good movie. They, they they went back even more to just making Rocky a more intimate story, yeah, uh, and passing the torch skillfully yep. uh, onto this to this new character. You know, it was nice to see this. It was nice to see Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. be able to like have this movie to end the year on and not Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right. And also, this goes this really proves that like no, 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 dude, he is a good actor, but. It just it it goes to show you how important a director is, uh-huh. and how important chemistry chemistry on set is. A director who also has a passion for the source material. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so Creed definitely up there. Okay, and then this uh, one I just well, saw. It's, it's my call. No, oh, you, that's yeah. right. Yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So no, you you did though. Before we started recording this, you were talking about how you just saw this movie, and you've unfortunately had to listen to Joel and I talk on and on and on about didn't this matter. movie. Didn't matter. Uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I will tell you that I am a Star Wars fan, but like I, I I'm not a fan like you are, Joe. Like I don't have any Star Wars tattoos. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, like I don't know the model number of the X-wing that like Luke flew. Well, it's Red Five. That was his code name. Was Red Five? What the, the model, fuck? Ever? There really was no model number. Okay, you get. You see, <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm talking about. I and this totally caught me off guard. But like, I, 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 I kind of relate to what Jason Cox was talking about on that episode, where it's like as soon as the music opened up and the crawl started, like I was like, oh, like, this is happening <laughs> again. Like, like, oh my god, like a little, like I had to like choke, I had to choke back, like a little bit of tears. I was like. Oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, I was not expecting like this to be this emotional just at the Star Wars like logo and then at the crawl. Yeah. And you know, and from the beginning of the crawl, you're like, it'd be a way better movie. You know why George Lucas is going to be a better movie? Because instead of showing us two and a half hours of Senate debating different galactic trade routes, they just sit there and be like, so this is what's going on in the galaxy politically-wise. That's what it's set up, Great. yeah. The, the, Perfect. The, the scroll said, this is what's going on, now story. Here Boom. we go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, having heard all the spoilers uh, previously, it didn't matter. Like, yeah. I, I knew, I think, can can we say, like, the I think what's the big one? Yeah, that, that, uh, that Han, Han dies. That Han, that Han dies. gets killed. 
So I knew. Not only does he get stabbed, he falls down a big like chasm, and then the planet implodes. See, he's gone. See, I must have, I must have like tuned out somewhere in that Star Wars episode because I was like, I know Han dies, but I don't really know how he dies. And then seeing how he dies, and I don't want to ruin it just in case. Yeah. Seeing how he does die, I'm like. Oh, the way they described it on the show does not do it any justice yeah. at all. Yeah. This is way more powerful than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I, and I like, was crying about I'm it. like, oh my god! And like the whole—I mean, the whole movie overall. There was not once where I was like, I feel like this is dragging. Like I was like, no, like yes. this. This is setting this up. It this is setting great, this up. And it moved. Here's the payoff. Clip. Yep. The characters were all engaging and funny. I mean, it was the funniest of the movies so yep, far. Yep. Yep. There was there was there was a lot of humor <laughs> that that. Re- how are we gonna do this? We'll use the force. Yeah. That's not how the force <laughs> works. And then you hear Chewie growl, and he's like, "Oh, you're cold." <laughs> it was so great to see Harrison yeah. Ford just become Han Solo yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, Unrelated. Well, kind of related. Uh, there was a meme that was going around online, and it's this just simple artist picture. It's like simple drawings, like uh, just sketches. And it's like first, it's a little baby. It's a little baby, and he's in like a Wookiee's hands. Mm-hmm. And then like it cuts to a picture of Han Solo, and he's like, "Don't worry, Ben. His name's Chewbacca." And then it cuts to the third shot, and it's Chewie smiling and holding him in his mm-hmm. hand. And he's like, "Don't worry, he'll never hurt you." Oh, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, well, no, uh, just such a gr- oh my god, just such uh, one one thing I did I laughed my ass off at is I so I saw it at Alamo. And, uh, you know, if you're familiar, they do before the movie starts, like funny YouTube clips. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I lost my shit where they played the video of replacing Chewbacca's voice with Pee Wee <laughs> Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. The Pee Wee Herman. Like, lost it. So uh, I just had to mention that. But that film is so, so powerful. Yeah, it's like, great. it's just like, George, this is how you make a movie. Uh-huh. This is how you do it. This is how you make your own film. Uh-huh. Like, Plain yeah. and simple. No, 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 and and I know I know Sarah. I don't know if she if she were to to yell out, she probably didn't want to do that because her mouth is right next to the baby. <laughs> yeah, head. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, <laughs> uh, but I know she really enjoyed it a lot. And like, I it was torture because like I had seen it. She she gives the thumbs up. I should have taken a picture. She uh so like I had seen it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to come with me to see it on Friday, and then you know ended up staying home with the baby, and I took mm-hmm. my sister. So I had to go like. Three days, almost three whole days before she and I could finally talk about this movie. And so in the meantime, like all day Friday, like when I'm seeing her, like I'm just randomly like tearing, like <laughs> thinking back. And I felt like I felt like I was like, OK, I just can't tell you yet. You wouldn't yeah. understand. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, that was that was a fantastic film. And now, Jeff, the best of 2016. <laughs> we both have it as the best. Thanks. And it absolutely deserves as great. And as much as I love Star Wars, there was just. There was one movie that I liked better than it. And, and that was Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. I mean, because this movie did so many things right mm-hmm. when it could have done so many things wrong. Yeah. Because we had, uh, we had George Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hadn't made a movie in like 20 years, 20, 30 years. We, he did the original Mad Maxes, uh, at least, at least the no, first he, one. Yeah. He, he did, did all he three. Did all, all three of them. Oh, yeah. even, even Thunderdome. Well, he co-directed Thunderdome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we, some point in case again, look at what George Lucas did when he went back to his franchise after so many years. Yeah. Killed it. George Miller. Nope. Came back. Came back strong, man. Such go, going into I forget what movie we were uh, talking about earlier. Oh, uh, Terminator, where they've screwed up having the, a strong female lead. This movie 
definitely strong female strong lead. Female lead. I and mean, like you can almost even say like she was more of the main character than than absolutely. Tom Hardy. Yeah, and um and the, the cinematography was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the use of practicals. Yes, the the, the freaking use yes. of practical effects yes. in this film is so good. Yes, mm. uh, the I mean, just just so much of this film that did right, and the only thing, and I felt like George Miller, he he wasn't a fan of it, and I feel like though that he said it properly is he wasn't a fan that it was in three D, yep. and he said like I didn't shoot this to be a three D movie, so you don't have to see it in three D. There's one sequence that's like a three D exactly, effect. exactly, and you know. And like you know, but like he he didn't do what the what what's his face on Fantastic Four did. He did it he did it politically you know correct with like okay I don't want to piss off any of the execs, yeah. but I do want them to know that this was not my call. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like you when it comes to a property that you have had for this long, you have every right to do yeah. that. Oh yeah, like like if they were like we're just hi- you're a hired gun just to direct this film, then like mm, this was th- something personal yeah, for him exactly. And, and uh, real quick side note is um. They're definitely doing one more, I think two more. Um, and uh, George Miller has already said that do not expect to see Mel Gibson in any of the future oh, Mad wow. Max films. Oh, wow. And, well, but he had a really good, like, I'm sure there's another reason, but the official reason that he released to the, to the, uh, to the public is he was like, look, imagine if you're going to watch a Daniel Craig Bond film and then Sean Connery shows up. Yeah. He's like, you can't do that. It, yeah, and for that it. same reason... You can't have uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> you know. uh, I, w- I went Shark Tank on you. Yeah. No, uh, George Miller proving that he is a, an artist as yep. a filmmaker. You know, yep. he's, he deliberately deletes frames, especially from the beginning of this movie when Max is stuck in the caves and stuff yep. for the chase sequence because it feels real frantic and like kind of disjointed. Yep. That's exactly why he did that to make it feel disjointed. Right. He cut frames out and, uh, and his he, use of colors and lighting and... Uh, it, it's it, I, I talked about it on the podcast. It's like a modern Greek myth, right? And and it's it's gorgeous. The 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 only other thing I can equate it to is kind of like uh, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead. There are certain shots that remind yes, you of that exactly. But like, you're like, oh, but it's done like this because it's a gritty style of a shot. But he's doing it because it's a gritty sequence, and it uh-huh. requires not only are the actions gritty, but you need that like that cinematography that's gritty, mm-hmm. and so like. It, th- there was nothing went to waste in this film. No. There were no wasteful scenes. There was no, no wasteful dialogue. There were no everything, everything built builds. and yeah. builds. And then you get the payoff that it all builds towards. Yes. And you're just like, this, 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 so this, this is this is not only what every action movie should strive to be, but also story driven uh, driven uh, movies should be. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and that is what really does set this movie apart from, like, you know, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which I loved. But right. you know, it didn't reach another strong female protagonist in Ray, but still, like, did not reach that level that Mad Max does. Yeah. Um, I think it's very ironic. Maybe is the word that I want to use that the top three films, our top three films of the year are all revisits of old franchises and some could say retellings of older stories. Yeah. Yeah, no no. It, 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 well, they're it all, shows that all you, three are new jumping off points for new franchises. Exactly. Yep. But it's still like it still really plays off of what's old is new again. Yeah. And it does it in a successful way. And then you compare that to Jurassic World. And I think that's why, you know, now that we've gone through this entire thing, I think that illustrates why like 
This is why Jurassic World was a disappointment. I do, yeah, I can kind of see that, and and that's that's why I moved it down from off the list to an honorable mention. Yeah. So yeah. So if you've got a list of your best or worst of 2015, you can always share that with us on Facebook, our Facebook page in the search bar. Just go ahead and put it the editing bay. Find the one with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That's where you could talk back to us and let us know your thoughts. And if you've got any suggestions for movies that you'd like us to watch and talk about in the new year. Go ahead and do that right there. And uh, you can also find us online at www.editingbay.com where Joel should be updating uh, the the feed of all the podcasts because unfortunately iTunes only carries 100 of ours. And we've gone way over that at this point. Uh, and you can also get all the back episodes at nextwave-radio.com. That's true. Yeah, you can also do that. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at The Editing Bay. Um, remember, we've got the Editing Bay live show t-shirts that are still available, uh, but we did name a winner during the Eddie Awards for that Sean Astin signed picture. I really hope they get back to us. <laughs> I was about to ask. Right? <laughs> Any word? Um, what we would love for you to do, if you get us on your uh, your your Apple device, if you have the podcasting app, go ahead and go in there and search for Next Wave Radio Shows. Uh, just put Next Wave Space Radio or Next Wave Slash Radio, and uh, and that'll bring up our shows. Go to the editing bay, tap on that, tap on review, leave us a five-star rating and a review, uh, and that would be awesome. And then when you're done doing that, go ahead and check out the other Next Wave shows as well. We've got uh, MVP, Most Valuable Podcast, with Matthew and Danny, where they talk about sports and wrestling, uh, and they've always got some fun stuff going on there, and then you can leave them a review and some love. And my comic life with Jeff and Sam. You guys got something particular you're talking about this week? No, we don't record for another four days, oh. so prep work has not even begun. <laughs> okay, well then, there you go. But check out my comic life with Jeff and Sam. Uh, that's always fun times as well. And uh, I, I do believe that uh, Joel and I will be back next week, and uh, I think we're going to talk about uh, True Romance because oh. of, you know, they were doing at the, at the Draft House, they were doing the whole countdown to, to Quentin Tarantino, the eight days of Tarantino. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But they ended up showing all these movies. Eight. Yeah. No, no, wait, that's the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But but it was funny because we've now had two conversations where we've mentioned mo- True Romance and Natural Born Killers. And you're like, I don't even know what he... And I'm like, he wrote those. And you're like, what? And I was like, dude, come on, man. Uh, so, yeah, we're I think going to be talking about True Romance. If not, we'll be talking about something else. Uh, either way, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your comments and your questions and, uh, and just tuning in. Jeff, thanks for sitting in and doing yep. this. Uh, it was fun recapping this year of uh of all these movies that we really enjoyed and the ones that we could probably do without yes. uh and thank you editing bay listeners thank you sarah and harper and no problem we're on our way out uh, you guys have a good night talk to you later you've been listening to the next wave radio network that's fucking gold